Hello guys, this is Christina and welcome to another episode of Latina Without Borders. My co-host Eliza, she's still over there on the other side of the world in Thailand, but she was in this interview so you're going to hear her speak a little bit. So today's guest is Ronica Bolnia, aka at Brooklyn Petite. She is a New York-based blogger, content creator, stylist. She has so, so much to talk about in today's episode, but some of the things that we go into is Afro-Latina, colorism. She talks about finally relating to her roots of Puerto Rico and her trip to Puerto Rico. She actually just came back from a trip. So if you go to her Instagram page, you'll see beautiful photos of Puerto Rico. And we also get a little bit into vintage shopping because she tells us that Because she's petite and curvy, vintage shopping is the best way to find clothes. She's actually the owner of Brooklyn Petite Vintage, so that's a new project that she talks a little bit about. And she also talks about curly hair, her journey of curly hair, but also her favorite products. So we're going to get into that. Um, This is a really fun episode. We hope you guys enjoy it. Let us know what you guys think. But yeah, here's Veronica. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you for having me. Thanks. So right now we're in our New York City studio, and we brought her on because we have a lot of different topics that we want to talk about. Um, But first, let's just get into you. Tell us about yourself. Where did you grow up? Did you go to college? And a little bit more about maybe your Instagram, et cetera. Yeah, um, so I went to college. I did four years. That's a depth that I'm still dealing with. So I did Same college. Yes, yeah, that's right. Still dealing with that debt. Not in the career, but whatever, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I did four years. I did two at FIT, and then I transferred over to City Tech. I went for fashion merchandising. Um, then, actually, around that time is when I started Instagram. So it was back in 2012. I started with the whole blogging. I was just like, all my friends was like, you always have, like, affordable outfits. Why don't you just post it and talk about it? So I'm like, yeah, why not? Like, it's a, it's a hobby. I don't mind doing it on the side, like, just to clear my mind from, like, exams, homeworks. Let me just do some fun stuff. Um, so I did a little bit of that. And then, yeah, here we are, and Brooklyn Petite is, like, booming. And it's it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey. I'm super grateful. Yeah, and I totally think that like your Instagram page offers something different it's like urban wear I know like I know for me personally I'm more of like I like to wear gym clothes and, and sneakers yeah. <laughs> and like sometimes you can't find girls that you know rock that fit and rock it well and have like those options that are affordable for you to go find on yourself so yeah thank you so yeah. much thank, thank you that that makes yeah. me happy I'm doing my job yes of course <laughs> giving us some style ideas yeah oh wait the lights just turned on no oh, way <laughs> I don't mind Gosh, doing a podcast in the dark. <laughs> There's no way. When people log on to App Brooklyn Petite, what they can what can they expect when they go to your Instagram? Definitely um raw. Like I'm super like authentic on my Instagram. Like I don't sugarcoat anything at all. Like if I don't like a product, I'm gonna tell you why I don't like it. If I if there's an event where I don't feel like I was welcomed, I'm gonna say it. And um it's all about like being honest, especially on my Instagram because that's what I want people to when they go, they're like, Oh yeah, no, but Brooklyn Petit is like she'll she'll keep it real with you like that's what she's gonna do so i'm gonna go and get her advice or like listen to her review because i know that she's telling the truth about it and then also there goes into like the body positivity that i always focus on mental health um i always try to empower the girls who do follow me because sometimes we can get stuck in our head 
And it's super important to just, even if you wake up, because the first thing we do when we wake up is check social media. So if you wake up and I can give you a positive, like, caption where you're like, okay, let me let me get shit done today. Um, and it's like, thank you, Brooklyn Petit, for putting that out there because I needed that today. So I feel like um, I want to keep that going with my family because we all push each other. So, yeah. And you said that you studied fashion merchandising. So yes. are you still in that field, or is this now your full-time job? Tell us where you are. So currently right now, it is my full-time job, but I am. I just got um, a, a job offer for, like, a showroom, which is okay. perfect because with fashion merchandising, you're basically, like, in the buying field. Um, and now that I'm also entering into the whole entrepreneurship, I think it's super important that... I do get a little bit of practice in that field where, like, you know, five years from now, I've, let's say, you know, Saks Fifth Avenue is like, oh, I want some of your pieces. I'll know how to go about it now that I am in the showroom and I can t- I get, like, firsthand experience on that. So, yeah, I'm going to start that as soon as I get back from vacation. Awesome. Great. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I also wanted to, I know you mentioned some of the things that you're passionate about, but when you're working with brands or campaigns, are there any that stand out to you that you've recently done and something that's close to your heart? Um, Definitely this year, I got to work with Nike for the Puerto Rican Day Parade, like, um, event so I got to actually work with them in my neighborhood that I that I grew up which is Avenue of Puerto Rico and that was just like the best experience of my life because I'm a go hard like die hard Puerto Rican like I will wear the whole entire flag on me if I have to which I have done (laughs) so to be able to work with that with Nike on that was like an amazing opportunity for me I think that's such a great transition to talk about um, why we invited you here. I think you're such a you know loud and like beautiful voice in the Latin American community, but also the Afro, yes, um, the Afro Latina community, a community that I feel can sometimes be underrepresented. Yes, or, absolutely. Like, oftentimes, um, they may look at us and say, "Oh, like you're just black," and it's like I am black, a hundred percent black. However, I am Afro Latina. I have that Latina root to me. Right. I am just as Puerto Rican or just as Dominican yep. or Cuban or, you know, we can go on with everything. Yeah. <laughs> just as anyone else. So I think, you know, being on Instagram, you're under the public eye, especially your page is public. Um, like yes. you said, you share a lot of things and you're like unfiltered, which is great. Um, you show the true self, your true self. So with that being said, like, what does it mean to represent, you know, your Afro Latina heritage on your Instagram? It, it definitely means everything. When I, I actually went, what was it, two years ago? Yeah, I went back home to Puerto Rico because I, I felt a little lost. Like, I grew up and I was born and raised in New York. So, like, my grandmother was born in Puerto Rico and my, you know, all my entire, it was just me and my mom that was born in, like, New York. Um, so, I, I felt like I was ripped from, like, my history of it because I didn't really know much about Puerto Rico. So, when I went back home and I got to learn about my ancestors and the fact that there is African-American blood in there, I was, like, super, like, ecstatic about it because, yes, I have a history. Thank God. Like, I can talk about this history. And it was super important for me to learn about it that way. I, I educated myself, and there I can educate my my family, my IG family. I let them know that, you know, as an African-American Latina, it's it's important that we are noticed. It's important that we speak our mind. And so what if we're loud? Like, we're here and we're proud. So um, I think it, it, was, it was super important that I got to go back home and learn my history. 
Nice. So how was the experience going back ah. home, seeing people who look just like you, you know? Like- it was so amazing. Like, I cried happy tears because, like, I was walking around, like, in my own little, because I got an Airbnb, which is not far from, like, where my family lives. Cause where, I just, where is your family from? They're from Carolina, Puerto Rico. So um, I was a little, like, I was a couple blocks away from them. That way I was still, like, back home with, and I can visit them. And I got to, like, dance with the people in the neighborhood. I got to eat. Like, I got to get to know everyone in the neighborhood that knew my grandmother and they were telling me stories about her which was like freaking amazing because like what 40 30 years later they still remember this crazy woman that's amazing so like they got to tell me like some of that story and yeah it was it I love it I'm going back on Sunday so yeah oh, no way. yeah that's where, you're heading. That's where I'm heading I'm heading yeah. back home baby oh, yes <laughs> I am out for like a, like <laughs> eight days. I'm like out of are here. Are you spending Thanksgiving there or are you coming back home? Um, no, there? I'm coming back home for that. I'm actually going to spend it next year for the holidays in Puerto Rico. But this time, um, my boyfriend, I want to take mm-hmm. him and get to like... Soak up them roots. Yeah, he get, he has to learn the culture if he's trying to stay with me forever. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is he also Latino? Um, he's Haitian. Oh, he's okay. Haitian. Yeah, so a we got a little... Right yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wanted to ask you um you said you went to fit and yes. if i'm not mistaken it's you know it's not heavy latino like it is not you know <laughs> it is not <laughs> how was your encounter there like were you able to you know find a home at fit no not at all i did not which is why i transferred it was so i'm the type that when i go to school I'm, i don't want to dress up like it's early in the morning i have to be in class for like two hours i want the most comfortable like I look a hot mess, and I'm not ashamed of it. Like, I'm just here for school. I'm not here to make friends. But in FIT, oh, no. you ha- It's like Mean Girls. Like It's like living an actual Mean Girls movie. I would die. Yeah. So I would go in, and I feel like everyone was, like, judging me. They were, like, looking at me. I always had problems when it was group activities. Like, no one ever wanted to include me. I remember this one girl. She was like, oh, if this doesn't work out for me, it doesn't matter. Like, daddy has me covered. And I was so oh, pissed. Be nice, yeah, and I was so pissed because I'm sitting here paying half the damn tuition. Mm-hmm. And you got the audacity that's basically shitting in my face. Like, I'm here because I'm busting my ass and I need this education. It's coming out of my pocket. If you're not interested in it, why even bother? Like, why are you even sitting here? So it was a lot of that. It was a lot of mommy and daddy money in that school. And I just did not feel like I was not seen. I was not heard. I was just looked over. So I finally, I saw that City Tech had the same fashion merchandising um, stuff. And I'm like, well, that's in Brooklyn. That's close to home. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be welcome there. Even though it, I feel like college is still kind of like high school. Um, but it was so much better than FIT. I tell you that much. Nice. You were able to find that. Home. Oh, yeah. I had my Latina sisters. Yes. I had my African-American sisters. And we were all like chill, like all study together. We'll um, recommend books that we're reading and stuff. like. Yes. Which felt amazing because in FIT, it was just me. It was just me. I totally get that. Having a community in college is so important, especially I know I went away for college, so if it wasn't for that community, who knows? Right. I graduated while my yeah. friends there. You know, like, yeah. that community keeps you pushing. So right. That's great that you were able to find it. So the term Afro-Latina, I know for me, I didn't really, like, 
hear about the term or get to know the term till college and mm-hmm. that's when I was able to embrace it but for you when was it that you were like I'm Afro-Latina like not just Latina but Afro-Latina like when did you embrace that term I definitely started embracing it in 2016 when I went after Puerto Rico and I got to learn about all that history I'm like oh yeah now I can definitely claim because I was just claiming as just being American because you know Puerto Rico and America yeah. you know mm-hmm. so I was just American but then when I learned about the history I'm like oh my god I'm Afro-Latina this is amazing and I was like I have that's it like I'm claiming it from here on out and if I have to explain it I have no problem explaining to people like hey this is my history and this is why I have Afro before like in front of the Latina or um, but yeah immediately right after I found out about it I was like yes I'm Afro Latina and I actually went back home to educate my grandmother and my mom and tell them like you know you're African American right how do they feel about that so my mom's super understanding because you know, she's only in her 40s, so, like, she still has that open-mindedness to, like, be open about the idea of new things. My grandmother, not so much. <laughs> you know, she's very old-fashioned. She's like, no, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm just Puerto Rican. I'm like, yeah, but you have some African-American roots, and this is why your skin looks like this. This is why your hair is like this. This is why your mother looked like this, because my my great-grandmother was darker than me, way, way much darker, like, Wesley Snipes is hard, you know? And she, it, it never, like, thought to her, like, to think of, okay, yeah, I'm Afro-Latina. No, it was just I'm Puerto Rican. I'm not African-American. So it was a little difficult to explain it to her and even to my aunts and uncles, but we're still working on it. We're still working on like, it. <laughs> I feel like it's, like, a constant, you know, discussion to bring up. I know, like, with my family, um, my mother's side is more from the lighter side. Yeah. Rico, my dad's side is more the darker, so I have a lot of cousins who are way lighter than me. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, I kind of look like the black sheep. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, for a long time, I'm like, oh, like, no, I'm just Puerto Rican, but now I'm like, no. No, yeah. 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 You know, like, embrace that African part in us. Um, but that's also that you were able to communicate that with your family. And, like, yeah. you know, old-fashioned, what can we do, you know? Yeah, you can't really change their minds once they're, like, set on it. <laughs> I would love to know on Instagram, um, do you have an Afro-Latino community, or do you feel like Instagram has helped you find other people that identify the same way? Um, how is that like? Um, definitely when I added, so when Instagram gave it um, you the option to put hashtag like on your bio, I immediately put Afro-Latina. When I clicked on that hashtag, I was able to find a beautiful community of Afro-Latinas. And I already have like a great um like a great circle of bloggers right now in my like Instagram family that are Afro-Latinas and they educate me. Like I have some Dominican friends who have some African-American roots in them as well and they talk about it and I'm learning as they're talking about it which is beautiful because that's the whole thing of it, of Instagram or social media period is you get to learn about different people and where they're from and what they represent. And you get to learn about new, like, words. You get to learn about new foods. You get to learn about new cultures, even within the Afro-Latina culture. So um, it was super important that I, if I'm going to put the hashtag, I also got to look through it and make sure that everyone is being also represented in that. Nice. Have you ever done 23 and Me? I know this is a little off. A little what? 23 and Me. No, what's the that? D- the DNA test. No, I didn't. Oh, oh my God. You I want to. I want to do it. I think, yeah. I think that would be awesome just to show yeah. your grandmother. Like, Hell yeah. Hey, like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> like, it says it right here. Right. You like, know? look, it's, like, it's right here. <laughs> but I think that would just be awesome. I yeah. If you were able to do that. Um, but something I wanted to chat about, too, because I think um, uh, 
while there's a lot of pride in the Afro-Latino community, there also comes some colorism. Oh, yes. Have you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the minute I said that, guys, yeah. your face. Um, yeah. <laughs> that being said, have you ever faced colorism or how do you feel about it if you haven't? Yeah, um, when I talk about it, I don't really get it as often, but I remember the first time when I found out like that I was Afro-Latina and I was talking about it, someone was like, well, it's a, someone, came, what was it that she said? I can't say it word by word, but basically she was saying how Afro-Latina is now becoming a trend, that everyone is now claiming it and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, even if it is a trend, who cares? Like, we finally have something about culture that we're learning. Like, why is that even a bad thing? And when I do claim as Afro-Latina, they're like, well, you're super light-skinned, so what's African-American about you? And I'm like, I'm sorry that you're, you're stuck on the color of things, but if you want me to send you my whole history of, like, bloodlines, I have no problem. Yeah, about 23 and me. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, I have no problem, but it does come a lot where I do get questioned because my skin isn't as dark as other people but I'm like with some sun you can definitely see it <laughs> like I tan so beautifully and it's like that's the African root in me honestly because in the winter time who doesn't get lighter so the color of, of what I look like oh my oh the color of my skin shouldn't really even matter because my hair alone shows that I have some African-American descent in me, even like my the, my eyebrows, my cheekbones, like everything that I that I got to like learn. I'm like, oh, shit, you know, like yeah. this is the this is my root. And you this come is, from Puerto Rico. Yeah. Which Puerto is, Rico. Where was, history, yeah. Yeah. Deep history His, where it was colonized Super. by the Spanish and then they brought the African slaves over. Over. And mm -hmm. what makes a Puerto Rican? Someone who is Spanish, African. And Native American, the Native mm -hmm. Taino. Then, yes, exactly. So it just amazes me that people even question that. Yeah. The African roots are, like, embodied in the music, the food, except, well, we could talk about this forever. But, oh, um, hell yeah, I'm we did. Yeah, I'm happy <laughs> her face because it's something that needs to be spoken. Because I feel like I have heard that. Like, hey, it's a trend. Like, you're just Puerto Rican. And it's like, no, no. I'm not. Like, you know, I connect heavily with this um, yeah. part of my identity. Yeah, exactly. So, that's very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, going more off of that, I just wanted to share something. I wanted to hear your opinion on it. So in 2015, um, Mexico, for the first time, was allowing people to claim themselves as Afro-Mexican. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? Because I know, like, some, you know, Spanish communities have a hard time with, you know, for some odd reason, have a hard time with accepting that African root. Yeah, yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. A, a lot of, and I'm not, I'm not sure why, like, what is, why is it such a bad thing to just, like, have another part of your history, like, yeah. come out and learn about it, um, but I think personally, I think that's amazing that they have something else to look into and learn about, like, you're Mexican, but now you have some African roots in there. It just, it, it, it opens your mind to the idea that, okay, we were also colonized back then, and this happened, you know, instead of just, like, what, I'm not sure on the history of Mexico, mm -hmm. but, like, instead of, you know, the whole, like, the whole gang banging thing and the whole like cocaine thing like Mexico's more than that you have African roots in there learn about that that's something I feel like that's something more positive than the negative that Mexico has going on like you know like throughout history of what they went through um so I think that's a beautiful thing and I hope that they're still claiming that they are because it was actually 
actually like when I when I um read it, I was actually intrigued because a bit of me it was mad. I'm mm-hmm. in 2015, and now you're allowing now, people yeah. to claim themselves yeah. as Afro Mexican. It's taken that long. Mm, like, yeah, that's kind of bullshit. <laughs> However, in another way, I'm like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like yes, like we're progressing. We're finally starting to accept, you know, Latin America as a whole is starting to accept, you know, the African in us. Well, and then also it goes back to we were robbed from our like we were robbed from our culture. At the end of the day, we were stripped from all of that. They they took us. They slaved us. And the fact that we get to like now learn about ourselves all over again, like hell yeah, I'm black and I'm proud and I'm gonna keep on saying it. Yeah. You know, like. I finally got to learn about something that was ripped from me. So I think that's a beautiful thing. For sure. And you also mentioned something, um, you know, something that comes along with, you know, being Afro-Latina is like the hair. Yes. The hair, curly yeah. hair. Yep. You know, like just curly, beautiful hair. Have you always been able to embrace your curls? I, You know what's funny? That I, I actually went through like some old albums and I always like embraced. I never took really good care of them till now. But like I always did embrace my curls. Like even in junior high, I would put so much gel in my hair. I, I, I hated the salon because it, I felt like my scalp was always getting burnt. Like, yeah. and the idea of just my scalp being burnt, I was like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. Like, I don't, I'm going to wake up and that's just my hair. So since you were younger, you were I always, I hated the salon. My mom would always take me to the salon for especially picture days. And I'm like, Ugh, why? why are we doing this like i don't want to go to the salon it's so annoying it's so hot so like i would i would still embrace my hair um especially when i hit high school and i joined like softball and volleyball i did not care what my hair looked like um yeah it was always in like a messy bun in my curls or a ponytail in my curls or like my big old afro (laughs) like it was insane so um yeah i always embraced my color but it wasn't until like i want to say also around 2015 that i started like the curly hair culture started coming, like the natural culture and like the right products used. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to start taking care of my hair now because I have curls. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been through so much, like even s- shortcuts with my with my curly, like little fro. Like I've been through a lot of hairstyles. <laughs> oh, my God, that's awesome that you were able to embrace it. Because I know like uh, other, you know, people who identify as Afro-Latinas, oftentimes they Malo, you know, like oh gosh, my grandmother hates it. She hates oh, it to yeah. this day. Whenever I visit her, she's like, "Oh, you didn't do your hair today," and I'm like, "I don't know how many times am I gonna tell this lady <laughs> that my hair is done? <laughs> like, this is my hair. It's done." But no, it's pahong or you know what is it? That, what else does she like to say? Oh, yeah, pelo malo. Porque tu pelo está así. Te ve tan lindo cuando estás tres. And I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm like, Grandma, this is my hair. If you let your hair breathe, it would come out the same way. But, yeah. For sure. I think I think my grandmother tends to do the same thing. She'll, like, come over and she'll be like, oh, like, you need money? Like, you know, like, uh, <laughs> is there, like, some a way I can Can go? you not afford the salon? Yeah. No, I can't. I just choose not to go. Exactly. And then when I do straighten my hair, ay, mira tan linda, mira pelo. And I'm like, yo, get out of my face. <laughs> my thing that bothers me, and I don't know if you can agree, is, like, People think I don't have hair, and then I strain it, and my hair is, like, literally so long. Long, yeah. Oh. Yeah, like, yeah. Are you mm-hmm. serious? Like, I also hate when people be like, I love it better when your hair is straight. Oh, my God. It can't just be, I love it when your hair is straight. No, I love it better. better. Like, what's bad about my curly hair? Please elaborate. So, can you go into, you said that you have transitioned into curly hair now you're treating it better what are some of your holy grail products for curly hair oh my god briogeo i yeah any so any of my ig family who hears this right now are probably rolling their eyes like she keeps matching this damn brand (laughs) 
But Briagio, so when I first started, I was all about Shea Moisture because it, it worked for my hair. But as you get into the whole natural culture and, and you're going through the whole um, going natural and cutting and all that, your hair goes through many different stages. And what may work back then is not going to work now. So, like, Diva Curl... Um, curls and shea moisture it doesn't work for my hair right now because i have now i have so much definition and so much volume and briogeo is just like my go-to they have this curl charisma line that i i, I just i love it oh my God, I, I, I live by it like i live by it like every single time i go to their office i rack up a lot nice. <laughs> so do you work with you i so I don't, I, I'm trying to get as their ambassador because I love them so much. <laughs> so if you're hearing this, please, <laughs> thank you. Um, right. Um, no, I was introduced to them last year. Um, one of their PR people, like, um, reached out to me and sent me their Curl Charisma to, like, just try out. And, again, I was like, okay, well, if you're not paying me, I can't, like, guarantee that I'm going to post about it. But, like, I used it, and I was like, oh, fuck, Yes. I'm going to have to post about it because this is working for my hair. It's and it's, yeah, it's a must. And it's been working ever since. So I got to grow that relationship with them. So whenever I email them and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm running low. She'll be like, oh, no problem. I'll send you some. Um, and I, I got my mom to use it. I got my sister. They, they, they all love it. So, like, my mom is harassing me now. She's like, you're going on vacation. I have no products. What am I going to do? And I'm like, well, you can wait till I get back. You'll be all right. <laughs> like, so it, I even have her harassing me for some products as well. But I'm happy that I got to build that relationship with them where I can just, like, go to their office and go crazy. No, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in New York, it's, I mean, things are expensive. So it's, Ugh, it's expensive to be a girl. Men complain about the clothes that they have to spend on. We have to spend on clothes, shoes, hair, makeup, skin care, nails. I know, nails. my boyfriend, like, pays, you know, for dinner every single time. Um, He's always like, hey, when are you going to ever spend? I'm like, do you know all my expenses? I'm like, just to look cute and be here is expensive. Right. <laughs> Right. No, seriously. That's so funny. My boyfriend today was like, um, so you're going to pay half this bill? And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> no, it's sorry. Right. Like, I see in your bio that you're owner of Brooklyn Petite Vintage. Yes. Can you tell us more about that? Oh, yes. My little baby. I um, launched that last month on October. So I went on a, a like an August detox. Um, Because I was kind of like over Instagram. I was just like trying to find something new to do. So I was talking about opening a vintage shop for like two years now. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go for it. Like, I can't live my life with the what if question in the back of my head. Um, So Brooklyn Petite Vintage is basically um, I want it to mainly be about denim because one of the biggest thing that petite girls, especially with curves, we can never find denim that fits us. Either it fits us good, but the length is too long, or the the length is just right, but the waist is too big, or you have to take it in. So it's a lot of, we have tailors that are like our best friends because not everything fits. They don't make stuff for petite girls. They make it for average girls, which is not a bad thing, but like, hey, petite girls exist too. And then when people think of petite, they only think of height. They don't think of, you can be 5'1 and be like 300 pounds or 200, you know, 
and fit like a 14, 16, you're still considered petite. You're petite and curvy. So Brooklyn Petite Vintage is basically where girls can come and find denim, vintage denims, vintage bottoms, and also with the plus of like cute tops and sweaters and blazers. Um, but the main focus is petite girls from size zero all the way to size 16 at the moment. I'm still working with um, Levi's to try to get denim that are much higher than the size 16 that are like 18 20 and, and plus um because i i want to i want to help all the women out there that struggle with finding bottoms because mm-hmm. it, it's it's a struggle it sucks but it's a struggle yeah. and do you go breaking shopping a lot do you have some yes. top stores that you can tell oh absolutely you? i love brooklyn i just yes. moved to brooklyn that's what part Greenpoint. okay Greenpoint has some great shops over there girl I'm so exploring i moved okay. there one month ago nice and I really love their shopping. I came from Long Island. There's not a lot of their shops, so can you give us some tips? Oh, my God, yes. Okay, so I live, like, in L, L- Train Vintage. is like, my second home. Um, like, everybody knows me there. <laughs> so I go to L Train Vintage. There's a lot of them all over the city, but I love the one in Bushwick. Um, there's another one that's on the one in Bushwick is called Urban Jungles, but it's also connected to L Train Vintage. There's also one on Grand Street, L Train Vintage, and one on First Avenue. So like those three, I'm always at those because they have like so many cute blazers for like eight dollars, ten dollars, sweaters for like five dollars. Like it's amazing. Please go, please <laughs> go. Beacon's Closet, I love in Park Slope and Greenpoint. The one in Greenpoint is super super big. Um, they can be a little pricey, but there are some like good hidden gems in there that are like super cheap. Monk has a dollar rack. Don't sleep on that. Do not. Yeah. It's a thrift shop and it's in Williamsburg. I, I just, there's actually one in Greenpoint too that I saw on Franklin Avenue. So I think yes, don't sleep on that dollar rack because I'd be finding some hidden gems in there too. You'll probably find like a couple pieces that are missing buttons, but like, so what? You can fix that on your own for a dollar. It's a it yeah. You you can figure it yeah. out. You're not wasting a lot of money. It's just a dollar. Um, then there's Savers, but that's pretty deep. That's like yeah. in like Westchester or actually in Long Island. I yeah, think. I was about to say I, Savers is yeah. Yeah, Savers is bomb if you're looking for like some good like mm-hmm. suits and stuff. Um, what's another one? I also like um. There's always eBay's and at and Etsy. I think it's how you say it. Yeah. Yeah, Etsy. Etsy, yeah. Those two, are, uh, yeah, those are good. I would always recommend to go a size up just in case because you just, you can never tell online. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, you know what? My friend just texted me today about a shop in, where is it? Where is it? It's called RGR and is located in um, Broadway and Bushwick. And they have designer pieces for like super cheap. She bought like an Amani suit jacket for $20. Oh my God, guys, we're going to list all these please do okay because this is such helpful tips yes a lot of people are like trying to save a buck out here we already spoke about you know student loans yes no (laughs) i'm all about i'm all about yeah buffalo exchange is another good one too but yeah there's a lot we can be here all day (laughs) i also wanted to touch on i know christina touched on it in the beginning with your intro but how was it growing up in brooklyn it was so you know i grew up in the projects it was marcy projects um it was a little on the rough side i i saw a little bit of everything growing up um got into multiple fights for having long beautiful hair um actually someone put gum in my hair once too yeah it was the most depressing i was in third grade and she put gum in my hair and i had to cry i don't know I, i have no idea i was literally i was in front of her we were just in class and 
I felt like someone like touched me in the back of my hair. So when I turned around, everyone's laughing. And when I touch, I'm like, and it was just gum. And I started crying because, oh, my God, my freaking hair. Like, now I'm going to have to cut this big old chunk off. They were jealous. They were jealous. But thankfully, it was just that one piece. So it wasn't that noticeable. But, you know, if you're, if you're out there listening to this, <laughs> I resent you so much for doing that. <laughs> like, I resent you so much. Um, but yeah, I so I grew up in Marcy Projects with my mom and my grandmother. Uh, again, it was rough. We went from like uh, when my mom moved out because she wanted to do her own thing. It didn't work out so well. So like we ended up in the shelter. It, it was a little rough in Brooklyn, but I have great like tough skin because of it. Because I was put in so many uncomfortable situations where I had to be like an adult about it, um, which is fine because. I'm not sensitive to a lot of things now as an adult because it's like I have this thick skin. So, yeah, Brooklyn embedded itself into me, and I love it. Like, you can, I can move anywhere, but you would never take the Brooklyn out of me at all. <laughs> like, at all. And um, so you went to FIT, and then you went to college. You graduated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had a fashion merchandising degree. Did you right away go into, I know that you were blogging throughout college. Yeah. But how did you just survive being a full-time content creator? Or did you have things on the side? So I did a lot of um, internships, and I did uh, a lot of, like, I actually internshiped at Barney's, like, in their buying uh, program that they used to have back then. I don't know if they still have it. Um, And it was a lot, and I was just like, oh, hell no, I can't do this. This is too much stress. Um, But, of course, obviously, I needed to pay my own bills and support my own, like, you know, habits of or, or my own living. So, you know, I went into retail. I went at Zara and I stood at Zara for a while. I did visual merchandising, which was really a great experience because um, it, it opened the idea that I can become a stylist and I can do this full time. Um, so I did a little bit of that. But New York is expensive. So, like, <laughs> I had to keep my retail jobs as much as I didn't. Um, when I went full time into blogging was actually... Um, the beginning of this year in January where I finally I was like I can do this full time um because the money was looking great and everything but it's a lot it's it's a lot of forcing yourself up and like going out there because a lot of it you're working at home and sometimes working at home you're just like I don't want to do nothing I just want to stay in bed all day which I'm, I'm guilty of I've done it many times where I procrastinate and I'm like oh screw those emails I'll answer them whenever because I'm just so comfortable in my own home so you have to find you have to build that that um that borderline where you're like, okay, if I'm going to work from home, I have to I have to do like a own little office where it's just full on like we're doing this, we're answering emails or go to a coffee shop. But then also it's like I don't want to spend five dollars on a latte like that <laughs> shit adds yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> it adds up and you're just like, OK, well, I also want to budget myself because budgeting while doing this free freelance is super, super important because. You don't know when your next income is coming because you have your net 30s, your net 60s. Yeah. So, like, you have to budget yourself. So, like, spending is very limited. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's you know, your constant battles. I'm petite as well. I'm 4'11". Yes. What are some tips that you can give to petite girls in terms of styling? So, I feel like, especially when it comes to bottoms, um, don't get so mad about cuffing your pants or your jeans because they actually look really freaking cute. Also, raw, like a raw hem is super edgy and super trendy. If you have to cut it off, cut it off. And you save your own, you save your money not having to go to the tailors. Um, as far as like with your waist, if you want it to be fitting, then yes, go to a tailor. But like, there's always a belt. 
there's no shame in wearing a butt, especially if it's high-waisted. And then for my curvy girls, it's super important that you shop in the men's section because that's what fits us the most. Um, but, yeah. I've heard a lot of people like buying men's Levi's. Yes, I buy oh, men's so Levi's. Oh, my God, so much better. Yeah. You have room. Your thighs aren't so squished in. Um, uh, but, you know, you, you know that weird, like, space you have between, like, your the backside where... The gap. The gap. Yeah. You know that... You know, I don't mind it because, again, you can wear a belt and you no longer have that gap. But, like, I don't even care if I don't wear the belt. So, like, if, if that's not important to you, then, yes, men's pants all the way. I wear men's pants all the time. That's a helpful tip. I've never. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, super. Mm -hmm. I mean, because sometimes these brands, too, when they do their petite, like, section, it's the most boringest thing ever. It's like, I don't want cute little flirty dresses. That's not what petite, like, who wears? Like, okay, I'm not the one to wear that. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not the only thing petite. Yeah, it's like, not all petite girls want to wear cute flower stuff. Like, we want some edgy, raw, like, modern minimalist stuff not florals like can we not do the florals yeah <laughs> like <laughs> just diversify it up get us a little bit of everything and then like when you want like jesse pant it's the most boringest like work nine to five thing and i'm like this who's shopping like who's doing this? who are you getting information from with these petite styles like come do better oh my god right i need to be there i need to be there <laughs> i'm gonna help you guys i promise <laughs> i heard american eagle has curvy jeans like, they do, do. I did, and they're bomb, and they're okay. super stretchy, and they make your butt look hella good. Oh. I was you to try she was them. telling me because I'm Please having like do. an issue, like I gained some weight, but in the right places, I'm happy about it, and it's just like my jeans aren't fitting me. And Girl, like, get I, some like, stretch in there. Like American Eagle curvy. You know what's so funny? So I, I um, as when I was a teenager in high school, I worked at American Eagle because they used yeah, and I, it was the one the on Forty Second. Oh, the discount was super good. Everything I wore was American Eagle. And then after leaving, I have this thing that when I work a retail job, I just no longer shop at them because ugh, it's yeah, yeah, it's like I don't want to freaking go back there. Um, but when I heard that they revamped their jeans, I was like, ooh, I have yeah. to go check because back then they weren't. Sh- they gave me pancake, you, you know the pancake, yes. but yeah, yeah. I think no. we all unfortunately have had it. Yeah, where the <laughs> jeans are so tight that it, your butt is just like squeezed in, and that's how they were back then. And I and you know your ass crack is always showing in those damn jeans. <laughs> but thankfully, they revamped their whole denim thing in American Eagle, and yeah, I go for it, go for it. And you know what's the amazing part about that is their length is super good too for petite girls. Yes, I'm wearing the extra short. Length. See, nice. yes, super good. I'm wearing leggings as always. <laughs> <laughs> to go back a little okay. to the Brooklyn yeah. um, part of it because, you know, I, like I said, I just love New Yorkers who are still in New York. So, going off of that, growing up in Brooklyn, I know like there's a lot of Latinx, there's a huge Latinx community yeah. in Brooklyn. So, how were you able to maintain the traditions that like your grandmother had back in Puerto Rico in like being in Brooklyn in America? Like, how were you, if that makes sense, we can edit yeah. that part. Huh? <laughs> but, you know, how were you just able to maintain your culture living in Brooklyn? So, the beautiful part about where I, where I live and especially in Marcy Projects, we had Graham Avenue, which is the avenue of Puerto Rico and legit, like when I would walk there with my grandma 
grandmother to like go to the 90 cent the 99 cent store because you know they love the 99 cent store family I dollar yeah, yeah. oh she'll buy everything yeah she she I'm like my right but they still love it oh and don't dollar tree now is like her dollar thing oh, everything but is <laughs> yes that's how they are um so whenever she would go to the 99 cent store the cuchifrito like the maqueta um there was always salsa music and there's there's this one beautiful spot on moyer street not moyer moore street uh, where they have this little Puerto Rico shop, and it's, all you see is the Puerto Rican flags. They're playing Hector Lavoe. They play um, uh, who's the other artist that they love? Uh, I can't remember. My brother's like into like Don Omar and more oh, of the yeah. younger ones. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but they will play all the old um Tito Tito. What is it? Tito. I can't remember his name. Oh my god. Well, Santa Cruz, yeah, Santa Cruz with the salsa too is there, but they'll play all the salsa music. And the owner was a Puerto Rican guy, it was the most charming guy ever. And it was amazing because I that's my Puerto Rican culture. And then, um, for Puerto Rican Day Parade, they would have for their small community, they would have it a week before where all the Puerto Ricans would come out and like just have their flyers like Puerto Rican fit, um, fit and just you know celebrate the culture. So I was blessed to have that within my community, and especially on. On Sundays when my grandmother would clean, you know, you know how that goes. Yeah, of course. 8 a.m. That music is on and ready, and all you're gonna smell is Fabuloso. So, exactly. <laughs> you know, I got to. That's also in my blood. So like, I'm I'm that person now on Sundays. I'm like cleaning, and I have my Fabuloso and my salsa playing. Um, so I'm super grateful for that. It's just becoming better. Yeah. yeah, which is you know sometimes it, it you know for people who decide to because I don't know how the culture is in the other states, but like. If you leave, like, oh, my, you like, what do you have, you know? So it's like I'm happy that Avenue of Puerto Rico is still there, and I hope that it mm-hmm. stays there because gentrification is so big right now in Brooklyn mm-hmm. that I, I pray that they don't kick them out because, holy shit, what do we have? So when you were growing up to now Avenue of Puerto Rico, is there a big difference? A huge difference. Um, so a lot of the, like, a lot of the small family-owned restaurants are, like, getting shut down. And we got the coffee shops and the white restaurants. And f- thank God that little shop is still there on that street. That's where I shot the Puerto Rico campaign this year. Yeah, so thank God that that is still there. Um, the, of the Maqueta is still there, too, even though there's rumors that they might not be there. And I'm like, no, I will sign whatever petition I need to sign and get a lot of people to sign it so that we keep that little strip there um because it's super gentrified we have this like juice spot now uh, it's I, I can't i just i know it's like i love the juices but i just wish it was you know the businesses were owned by you know latin access yes you know, like i wish we can think outside the box mm-hmm. within ourselves to support our own community like if it was a puerto rican woman oh hell yeah, yeah. give me that green juice girl you know, I feel like we built the community so much, and like as you know, who doesn't love a green juice? But it's just it would be nice if people of color were the ones owning it. Yes, and you know, building it. And yes. Making- profiting yes which i started this year i was like you know what i'm only giving my money to people of color and of the latin community as well because when you learn about the businesses it's white people that are like owning it and it's just like why am i giving you my what are you doing for my culture exactly you know like what yeah like you're not even helping you're destroying it and kicking people out so like so this year i made it my main focus only shop of like small businesses of people Mm -hmm. of color which is so hard yeah. to find nowadays. 
so hard. And I feel like in general, it's just hard for small businesses to stay open. Yes. Like I can only, um, I don't know the stats top of top of my mind, but mm-hmm. I can only imagine, you know, small businesses owned by people of color is even harder. Right. So I think because of that, we just need to unite and make sure. We yes. Support them. Yes. 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 Which I feel like, I mean, I'm going to probably do my research on it. Maybe there is, or someone can create it where they can create an Instagram that, has that information because I found one that is um it's called Black Businesses in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and in that Instagram page they all they all they give you is black businesses Amazing. yeah which I think is Maybe super freaking important Rebecca Minkoff just made something where she's very into supporting women businesses okay she made something where I think it's she's collaborated with Yelp okay where you can see easily if it's owned by a woman or not amazing so something like that something like that yes more like latina yes you know, like i want something like that like let's create a page where it's afro latin like latinx community and they own these businesses and that way i'm like oh i know where we can go we can go here and spend some money you know like i just found out that i have to cut this out guys because this is a really good idea Right, cause <laughs> take this, yeah, take this information and do that. Like I just found out in Williamsburg, um, there's this restaurant called Fabian's, and it's on North Fifth or North Sixth. On I know it's on Bedford Avenue, and it was just bought out by um, I I know he's Latin. I don't know if he's Puerto Rican or Dominican. I don't know which one, but that's his restaurant now. And I went there, and the food was amazing. It was so much better than the previous owner. Their their liquor um list is even. Uh, that much better um and yeah when i found out that it was owned by a latin person i was like absolutely i would definitely come here and spend my money because before it wasn't like that it, i think it was owned by i think a white uh, i don't know if it was a white woman or a white guy but it was definitely owned by white but now it's a spanish man yeah. thank yeah, you you just feel so much more proud so much more proud like i have no yeah i have no problem giving you my money here you go take more if you have to (laughs) on top of that i know yesterday we were talking about um latina equal pay day Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what was brought up is like just like the huge pay inequality that there is so it's like on top of you know wanting to support latinx businesses and you know people in color in general it is due to the fact that it's also just a huge like Pay pay. Mm-hmm. so you just want to help support them and like uplift it because god knows like the world isn't right so we have to help each other yeah absolutely awesome so i think we're gonna ask our last question yeah um, so this is a question we're gonna ask everyone who's a guest on our podcast okay um and the question is what is one thing most people don't know about your culture um you know what and this is so funny to say because i've been having this discussion as of recently i need people to understand that puerto rico is part of the u.s what most people don't know no they do not so like i get this we're in new york we always yes this is like common sense yes i know outside of new york yes so like i told people i'm going to puerto rico they're like is that is that in the U.S.? Do you need a passport? And I'm like, do you guys know that it's part of the U.S.? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> and also we're more than just rice, beans, and chicken. I need everybody to know that, okay? We have some mofongo, if you didn't know. That's embedded in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Okay, so got it. Got yes. it. Puerto Rico is part of the U.S. Yes. And we got Mofongo. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know you guys planning to go there in January, right? Yes, I'm going You're there going. in January. I'm so yes, excited. That's I'm amazing. Like, I'm, you know, I'm on my Brooklyn Petite flow, too. I want to go there and just, like, reconnect with my roots. Do it. And, you know, I just... Do it. It's time. <laughs> Do it. There's this. Um, I also signed up for this like spiritual, uh, spiritual connection healing thing where um, it's in El Yunque. Um, so 
uh you 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 know you have like your your shower bath and you're you're singing your like afro beat music and you're just living like your 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 natural best life um which is super important because i feel like um i was stripped from that so this time around i'm definitely gonna get into that again thank you so much for your time thank you for having me conversation we got through so many topics yes and yeah thank you so much we're gonna be putting uh, her handle in our description and any other links so you guys can go check her out and we're really excited yay i'm so excited for you guys you guys are gonna kill this podcast oh my god thank you for being one of our first guests thank you for having me oh my god i would pretty i assumed you guys did this for like months already you guys are phenomenal oh my god thank you yeah To hear more about Latina Without Borders, please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Latina Without Borders. And if you have not yet done so, please subscribe and rate and review us. We love to hear what you guys think. And you guys can always DM us any questions or topics you love us to talk about. Thanks so much for following along and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.